After my birth, my grandmother, grandmother best, told my parents that I was going to be a preacher. She was not a prophetess. She was just commenting on my demeanor as a baby. Arms crossed, quiet, calm, nothing like I am today. Now, who would have known that I would have turned out to go into the ministry and become a preacher? My parents didn't know. Maybe if they knew, I would have been given honors as a child. Monies, clothing, praise. But that's not how people usually receive praise, is it? No, generally we must earn it. The lesson is called triumph, and the first point is achieve. Now, there is a movement among some within our universities to make it, if you make it into certain college, regardless of the merit, you will automatically get a diploma, as long as you pay your bill. Truly, I think this cheapens the quality of the graduate. All name. I went to Harvard. No merit. I don't know what I learned. Poor quality. Poor quality. Now this time of year we celebrate with graduations, don't we? We celebrate sports achievements for those in school. We celebrate. I even heard a celebration on one of the activities at Flagler on character. This person has this character, this person has this character, and they got a little award for it. Some of those character abilities are not easy to perform. You gotta naturally want to do that. You gotta work at it. Merit-based academics and sports just don't pass out credentials. Ah! You're six foot eight. Obviously, you would be a great basketball player, but you can't dribble. But you're tall. Therefore, we're going to honor you as a great basketball player. For you coaches out there, you're probably wondering where does that happen? It doesn't make any sense. Personally, I am proud of my credentials. I don't show them off, but I'm proud of my credentials. Study, particularly God's Word, and some other things has allowed me to be a gospel preacher. And it has allowed me to understand certain things in Scripture, to put it together, to find out how to teach people and what to teach people concerning salvation. It's a good thing. In fact, with merit-based knowledge, people have used me to assist them in their lives. Yeah, I'm credentialed, but I've also proved my relationship with others. It's not just about me walking down Asking about the talking about the accolades that I have. Oh, mighty preacher John. No, I've gotten involved in certain people's lives at the time of their lowest 
and of the time of great moments of decision. But I needed to learn. And if I, if the people around me knew that I was going to be a preacher one day, maybe I could have passed some of those studies that I've done that in between deciding then and now if I was going to be a preacher. Could have been on the fast track. God has his ways to train us. And for preachers, me in particular, he's continuing to train me. But I have to want it. I have to work for it. I'm not earning my salvation. And I'm not trying to get any glory. Forgive me if I err in that sometimes. But it takes time. And you have to be taught. Ezra is a great example, I think. Chapter 7, verse 10. For Ezra has set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. I'm sure poor, poor old Ezra has some natural abilities, but if he didn't work at those things that weren't natural, do you think his name would have been put into Scripture as it is? Maybe, maybe not. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. I got a few scripture passages today. And it's right there. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 says this, "Do your best." Not you're good enough. Not what it takes just to get by. Do your best to present yourselves to God as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. That is, rightly understanding the word of truth. We talked about this morning in Bible class how quickly people can pick up understanding. But the source by which they received it is an error. But they believe it anyway. Why? Because they're not doing their best to understand the truth. They picked up something Siri said, Wikipedia said, some other message, and they don't look at what this says. Does that sound like doing your best to understand the word of truth? No, it takes work. It takes achievement, not necessarily a diploma, but you got to work at it. Elders don't become elders just because they want to be elders. Deacons shouldn't become deacons just because they want to be deacons. There's some scriptural knowledge and understanding that's going on as well. And we recognize that. The second point, in triumph. But there's nothing wrong with achieving. I'm not saying that. I hope you understand. It's okay. It's good. Second point is bestow. Flagler High School graduates have a tradition to bequeath 
or to bestow. And I saw Owen smiling over there. Attributes on their younger peers. And some of them are pretty funny. I'll make up one. Let's see. What I, I present, and this is not you, Owen, but I present to Owen as I leave that he will fall asleep every day in math class. I bestow that upon you. It's funny. Do they know it's going to come true? No. But they're giving some sort of blessing towards the people. If you look at the English monarchy, when somebody passes away, what happens? Something's bestowed upon them. Is it usually because of merit or is it because of family relations? Well, I hope there's merit involved, but I get the point that a lot of monarchy in history is pretty much family relations. Not a lot of merit goes on there. Being bestowed something does not equal achievement. Being bestowed something doesn't equal competence. But when God bestows something, He knows things we don't. He knows awesome things. You've heard of the guy named John the Baptist? You know there were things said about him long before he was even born? The forerunner of the Messiah. He makes paths straight. Matthew chapter 11, 7 through 10. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed? Shaken by the wind, what then did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine, soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are the kings in kings' houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it was written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. John was going to be bequeathed some responsibility. He was going to be a forerunner for the Messiah. Verse 14 says, And if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah. Who is to come. I like that one a whole lot because John denied that he was the Elijah. He had no idea. John chapter 1 verses 19 through 23. And this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed that I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. 
So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do we say about yourself? And he says, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. John fulfilled what was required of him, what was bestowed upon him, what was bequeathed him. Now, Jesus was bestowed with great declarations as well, wasn't he? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We read that this morning. Thank you, Dallas. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is God. These words were spoken about him long before he was physically born, but they were true long before. Though God, all these attributes were already his, and he proved it at the cross. That's where he proved it in his resurrection. I am the mighty God. I am the Prince of Peace. I am the wonderful counselor who goes alongside you when you're in difficulties. And at the cross, he triumphed. He triumphed victorious. And the third point is fulfill. John fulfilled his mission. Not only did he prepare the way for Christ, he taught the standards of God even to the powerful, as Mark chapter 6, 14 through 29 talks about. In summary, he's dealing with Herod. And his Herod's new wife was his brother's wife, whom he married. And John was speaking things about the Herods, Herodias, that family situation, saying you are wrong to do that. You are wrong. Not only was he fulfilling the way of the path for the Lord, he was always all, also upholding the standards that God requires of the people who should be following him. And what ended up happening? His niece danced for him, who was also now his stepdaughter. And he was so excited about that. He says, what do you want? She went to her mom, who is now his wife, and said, and she says, I want the head of John the Baptist. 
Hold on. Didn't God bestow upon John the Baptist a great opportunity to live his life as a forerunner of Jesus Christ? Why does he need to die on the cross for our sins? Or why does he need to die with his head cut off? But in the end, John triumphed. Why? Because he lived the life he was asked to live. Christ, greater than John, greater than all others, fulfilled the God's head plan to save mankind. Do you recall what he said in John 19.30? It is finished. It is finished. He had to fulfill what was expected of him. Now he is at the right hand of the Father. As Stephen pointed out in Acts chapter 7, verse 56, when he was dying for spreading the word of God. Look, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Jesus is our high priest who is in heaven, according to Hebrews chapter 14 through 16. He has fulfilled his responsibility. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So my question is, what about you? Can you achieve heaven? Can you earn it? No. Is it something bestowed upon you? I would argue yes. It is granted to you because Christ first fulfilled his calling. Are you ready to live for Christ and fulfill your calling? In the end, we triumph through Christ. If there's anybody here today who has any prayer requests or otherwise, please come.